And I need to start looking out and hospitality is not just reciprocating friendship with friends. You know, I want to be able to invite more random people or people from my church that I don't know well, maybe people that I don't necessarily feel like I would click with or like we have a lot in common. And just, I think it's really hard to be hosting, doing cooking and things like that. And then also trying to facilitate a conversation and all of that stuff. But I do but, think it could be an awesome ministry to open your home. Yeah. And not everyone is necessarily called to that either. And also there's seasons. Like if you just had a baby like a month or two ago, good grief, like calm down. You'll have time for that again. You know, I haven't had people over in the last little bit and I'm just so excited to do it again. Um, but I'm not feeling guilty about it because I know I will make up for it. I'll be making up for lost time. It's not it was just a season we were in, you know, we were trying to get the grass to grow before we had people come out. Maybe that was just an excuse. I don't know. But, you know, it ebbs and flows. And don't put that guilt on yourself. I've, I've done homemaking now for 10 years. And so I've seen the seasons come and go. And it's like kind of a pattern. Hey, you guys. Today I have a very fun episode with Megan Fox Unlocked. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm calling her by her Instagram handle here, Megan Fox. Um, if you don't know and love her already, I think you will after this episode. And I'm excited to share it with you because we're talking a lot about time management and home management. And that's something that I feel like I want to continue growing in every single year. We just had our fifth baby. And every time you add a baby to your family, or even when your kids just enter a new stage of development, the complexity the complexity of life shifts. And I want to be able to shift with that and adapt with it and maximize my time and energy as a mother. I also wanted to let you guys know that in the fall, the Get It All Done Club, which is my home management program for moms, is going to be increasing in price. We do about two price increases a year, and that is going to be happening this fall. So if you feel like you are drowning in motherhood, you feel like you're overwhelmed, and you don't feel like you have the time or energy to do what you actually want to do with your hours in a day, then you can check out either my free masterclass down below. Thousands of women have joined the program and gone through it over the past few years. Um, and I really just want to take you from drowning to thriving in motherhood. One of my favorite things about it is we have a community that is completely off of social platforms. And that's a place where once every quarter we get to go live as a community and talk on Zoom and break down our current pain points, and overall just crowdsource with an incredible group of women how to simplify and make our homes more efficient and more peacefully productive. So if that sounds like something you would be interested in, again, I have a free masterclass down below. You guys can kind of see um, my style of teaching, some of the things that I have really helped me in my home when we had three little kids that were two and a half and under, then going to four kids under four, and then now with the fifth baby, I'm sure I will be adding new things as I continue to grow and adapt as a mother. Um, or you could just go to uh, now that we're family.com forward slash get it all done club.com. That'll also be linked down below and you can see what other women have to say about the program and specifically what I teach. Okay, let's dive into Megan's episode. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Megan, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast with me today. I'm excited to talk to you about time management because I'm always looking for more inspiration in that area of life and motherhood. Um, I think a lot of our audience is already familiar with you, but for those who are not, can you tell us who Megan is, Megan Fox Unlocked, and kind of what you do online and in person right now? 
Yes. Well, my name is Megan Fox, and I live in a very busy area of Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. It's full of Mennonites and Amish. I am a Mennonite. And it's just a very bustling, busy place. And I like to be busy. I, I'm i not one of those people that just sits down too much. And if I do, then I come up with another harebrained idea I want to try. And I guess it's a character flaw and also a strength in some ways. So I'm really passionate about this topic, but I'm going to definitely have to come on here and say I definitely do not have it all figured out. That's for sure. I have three kids, five, four, and still one yet, not quite two. This fall, he'll have his birthday. So yeah, a girl and two boys. So a little bit behind you in that stage of life, but I think I might actually be slightly older than you, but it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah, it's similar. And, yeah. I have a YouTube channel where people of all ages really tune in and that always intimidates me because I feel like, what can I teach the older generation? I don't know, but um, mostly I speak to moms. There's a lot of young moms on my channel and I think we just hang out together for the camaraderie. And also, you know, I'd like to throw in tips and things that I'm learning in real life in real life, and in real time for everyone to, yeah, we just kind of hang out together. And I like to do a lot of homemaking content and yeah, just share what life's like in Lancaster County. And maybe also to break down some of the misconceptions of the Mennonite lifestyle. It's not as weird as it sounds at first. Yeah, you've done a really good job of that. I know I've learned a lot um, following your channel. I think that the first time we talked or reached, I, I for, I'm like thinking back and I, I don't know if I, we had both had two kids or both had one kid, but it was in the very beginning stages of our motherhood when we did like a YouTube collaboration a long time ago, back in the day. And since then you really took off with YouTube and I've started and stopped like four times, but <laughs> yes, you've gone in other directions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I do love your videos and I think you just have... I feel like people could really get to know you on your videos and that you're very open and friendly. And um, I, I think people feel like they know you right away, regardless yeah, of how much they actually good. do. Yeah. It's like I do like with my channel, I, I like to show more so than tell, but I do have a podcast as well with my cousin, Jaina. We're cousins. We're practically the same person, but very, very opposite in some ways too. It's called Honey, I'm Homemaker. And on there, we talk a little bit more. Um, and I just love that format. I love being on podcasts and stuff because that's the kind of thing I like to consume while I'm being productive at the same time. So podcasts, that should go on our productivity list of things. <laughs> um, gives you companionship while you're getting stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to like just sit down and listen to it. You can just keep it running in the background. I love that about podcasts. Um, and I love the name of your podcast, Honey, I'm Homemaker. Like when I saw that, I was like, that is so cute. Did it take you a long time to come up with that or no? Did you get Get it like the whole yeah. reference honey i'm home or whatever yeah, yeah not everybody absolutely. understood like where's the comma where's the a at or i'm oh a goodness. homemaker anyway so yeah no it just like popped into my head one day and my cousin's like that's it so <laughs> oh yeah it's super clever i love it okay so jumping into uh time management you've got three little kids you have an online business uh you do a podcast lots of things you're also super social. I feel like that's a big aspect or like hospitable of the Mennonite culture, or I don't know if it's just what I see online, but it seems like you guys prioritize getting together more than some people would. Um, so what does kind of your work schedule look like with the kids right now? Well, um, it's kind of ebbed and flowed over the years as has the hosting and that element, you know, it comes and goes, there's different seasons. And I think most mothers understand that, but right now the way I'm doing it with my 
you know, platforms and my YouTube, Instagram, all of that. I mostly work on that from two to five. That's where my kids are right now. They're upstairs napping. Um, I have a five-year-old that's still, she usually takes a nap. She'll be down much sooner than the rest, um, but they do all fall asleep. It's such a blessing. Um, and I get work done. It's like my no guilt time. And if my daughter comes down early, she knows that it's mommy's work time. And, you know, I can set her up with an audio book or something like that, but it's from two to five. I'm in the zone. I don't have to feel guilty about it. I cannot do, um, I can't, I'm opening my notes here just to make sure I didn't miss anything, but I cannot do YouTube simultaneously with motherhood life. It does not work. I get impatient with my children. I'm not as productive. I drop the ball on things and I really just need to have like dedicated office time. And so that's three hours a day, five or six days a week. I do not want to work on Saturdays, but it often works out that way. And then depending on how our schedule is or what I'm filming, sometimes I'll do a more complicated video or something. And then I'll maybe sometimes have to tap my husband, Josh on the shoulder and be like, Hey, Thursday night, you want to like watch the kids and, you know, take them to the hardware store and stuff. He always has stuff he's got to do and he'll just take the kids with him. And I'll have like an hour or two to myself in the evening to try to get some last minute things tied up or stuff like that. So that's been a good buffer and as well as mornings. But I will say this summer, I've been trying to enjoy the sleeping in era because my daughter goes back to school again in the fall. And we do send her, she'll be in first grade. We do send her to a Mennonite. It's like a traditional school, but it's Mennonite. And so it's five days a week. And it's a good option for us, but it's not perfect. You know, she is going to be gone and it's those early mornings and stuff. So when she's back in school again, I'll probably get a lot more things done in the morning after I send her off on the bus. But that's kind of why you ask my what my work schedule looks like. That's pretty much when I do work. I try not to be on my phone too much. Um, I'll put an Instagram reel up maybe at like 2.30 in the afternoon or something. And then I won't check Instagram again, usually till evening. So it's not like I'm super like live, you know, on any one space. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's cool that you have three hours, I feel like, or yeah. three, four, five, two hours. Two to five is three hours. Two, yeah. Three to five, yeah. yeah. That's solid. And all yeah, your kiddos, I mean, they rest during that time. and Yeah, the one-year-old sleeps most of that time. And then the four and the five-year-old are old enough when they get up and come down, they can occupy themselves safely and, you know, they're in yeah. the other room oh, or yeah. whatever. That is awesome. Yeah, that you have that and you're able to. I do think that's a big thing with motherhood, it's easier to just segregate the work hours and the motherhood hours. But sometimes when you work from home, it's, it sounds appealing to try to do it all at one time. And then that's where it gets really stressful. Yeah, and some people work that way really well. I have a cousin who has a successful stationery and um, photo card business, um, graphic design and stuff. And she does it throughout the day. Um, and it works for her. It really does. But YouTube and editing is such an immersive experience. I really can't be doing much else when I'm doing that. Yeah. And I, yeah, I found that with YouTube, I would try to do it all together. And then I don't know, it just stopped working at a certain age with my kids. Like it worked when they were little to be like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing in the morning. I'm filming in the morning and then I'm editing in the afternoon or whatever. And it wasn't a big deal. And then, I don't know, they hit like four or five and all of a sudden they like cared that I was doing all that during the day. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is no longer working out. So anyways, that's awesome though that you have that schedule because you're able to get a lot of work done during the week with just that segregated time and having those office hours. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. So baking, how do you find time to bake? I feel like you're always sharing new recipes and like these involved meals. 
Oh no, no. It was, well, it's summertime right now. We eat very simply in the summer. It's just like veggies and grilling, you know, most of the time. Um, but yes, I do enjoy baking, but this question made me laugh because I feel like baking is so unnecessary. Like if you want to do it, you will find the time. And if you don't want to do it, you're fine. Like life will go on. It's totally fine if you cannot find time to bake. So I don't know who out there thinks like, don't feel guilty about that. Feel guilty about something else. Um, but yeah, as far as like baking, I enjoy it. It's nice to have something in the freezer. Like you said, we'll often, especially in the summertime, we'll often get invited places last minute or decide to get together with friends at a park or something. And then, you know, it's nice to have some baked goods in your freezer. We don't go through them super fast ourselves. My husband used to like eat a whoopie pie or a cookie with his coffee in the morning, but he's not doing that so much right now in the summer. And yeah, I guess for me, baking is very relaxing. And so I get excited to do it. Um, and I also sometimes just do it around my kids. Like at most of the time, I would say I do it with my children around and that is a muscle and a skill that I feel all mothers need to start exercising as young as possible because life will be so different and so much better if your children know like to either let you alone or be involved. Yeah, they can learn so much by watching you work and helping with all that. So of course, baking is so hands-on. Most of the time they're just there trying to get the chocolate chips or whatever, but um, that's not quite as relaxing, but I, it's a task that I enjoy. And so I don't um, put it at the top of my list, but I like to have a lot of baking ingredients. You know, you can keep on hand. It's like, oh, I'm craving this. I'll keep that on hand. I'll make it the next time I get the chance, something like that. So yeah, it's just like in little pockets of time here. I don't do big baking days or anything either. It's usually like a two hour process and you can kind of get other things done at the same time, depending what it is. Um, I make cakes for my children's birthdays. They're never like show stopping or anything, but it's fun and they enjoy being involved in the process. Hey everyone, I want to take a quick moment to tell you about our online music academy called VoteBergMusicAcademy.com. Katie and I actually started this online music academy seven years ago, and over that time we've been able to see thousands of students go through our courses and learn how to play the guitar, the mandolin, the fiddle, the piano, the ukulele, and bring music into their home. And we really curated these lessons so that you're able to learn with your child or you're able to learn by yourself and then bring music into your home and play with your kiddos. We even have it so that you can, you know, subscribe to one course and have three of your kids take the same course. So it's really cost effective and you're able to go at your own pace and bring music into your home. Go to VoperMusicAcademy.com and check this out. Okay, listen up. This is where it gets really good. If you enter the coupon code YouTube at checkout, you will get 10% off each month's payment because it's a subscription. It's a reoccurring payment. So if you put that code in, then it's 10% off each month. So, I mean, that can really add up over time. So bring some music into your family's home. Go over to VoperMusicAcademy.com. I'll link it below. And you guys put in that coupon code and go learn how to play some piano, guitar, fiddle, mandolin, ukulele, your choice. That is awesome. I love that you bake cakes for your kids' birthdays. I, I did that one time this year and it, man, I didn't know how to add the food coloring in. And so it turned out like fluorescent pink. Like it was oh, the no. worst looking, like least tasteful cake I've ever seen in my life. It was probably very kid friendly. Like, yeah, Yay. exactly. I'm sure wow. that food dye was coursing through their system for a while. Yeah, it was it was not good. My husband's like, we could just like buy a cake or two ice cream next time. He wasn't like yeah. stoked about it. Oh, another thing I thought of was um, if you do have a 
pocket of time and you don't necessarily want to bake, but you want to, you have your mixer out already or something, make the dough, put it in balls and put that in the freezer and you can have warm, fresh cookies, you know, when somebody comes over or if you're making, I love to make apple pie, especially coming up here in the fall, you know, make two crusts and put the one in the freezer. And then when you want to have the other one, you can just make the filling then kind of like batch, you, you do all these things. So yeah, that type of thing. No, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I'm curious how, yeah. It's, it's always good to hear how other people do that and can batch their work or kind of be like, um, I, I, yeah, I can't make cookies. That's something I need to learn how to do. Um, yeah, but I would view like cooking and canning and stuff like that, almost like an art project. Like it's fun. It's like, let's see what happens. It's not like the end of the world if it doesn't work out. Um, although sometimes it feels that way, depending on how much time you've invested, but yeah, it's, it's more of like, it's not, it's not the necessity. So don't stress out if you're not having much time to bake. You'll maybe get to that season. If that's something you want to prioritize, it'll happen at some point. And I like how you point that out too, that it's not a, it's kind of like if you enjoy it, then you'll find the time to do it instead of being like, oh, I need to, I believe it or not, we get a lot of comments of people saying like, I don't know how to bake and, or I don't have time to bake. And I feel they do feel guilty about it. They feel bad about it. I feel like because of the rise of sourdough, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, bread baking. Yeah. Bread baking. It's kind of become this like skill that you feel you should have maybe. Um, and so it's it's interesting to hear how I feel like women are feeling insecure in that area where you're right. It's like, this is a hobby project. That's why people get into it. It's fun and it's rewarding. And if it's stressing you out, then leave it for another yes. time. And I can feel that too. I myself have made the active choice right now to say no to sourdough just because I feel like I can't handle another pet or like another system or routine on top of the ones I already have going. I would love to at some point and like all these sourdough homesteaders make it look so like appealing and like it's almost like more godly to make your own bread, you know. Um, but I would say if you are busy and you don't really have time, I was just thinking about this as we were talking here. If you don't have time to bake bread, then your time is very valuable, especially if it's filled with, you know, productive things for your family and, you know, self-care has a place as well. But, you know, not that you're sitting on your phone all day scrolling on Instagram, you know what I'm saying? But if your time, if you're busy so that you can't make time to make bake bread, even though you want to, that means your time is valuable. And so it might actually be more financially responsible to just go buy the $7 sourdough at the farmer's market or whatever, feed your family the good ingredients once in a while, but you don't have to necessarily be doing it with your own hands either. I, I love that. That's good. It's so true. Delegation is a big, a big thing. Sometimes you have to be like, you know what, I'd rather earn the money and spend the money over here than do it all myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So what are your top three home management systems? Okay. I guess what immediately come, sorry, that was an unladylike sigh. <laughs> um, I think what first came to my mind would be my more, I'm, we're a very happening, busy, go-getter family. I, um, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but we pretty much leave the house almost every day. Not that my, my children are not in any sports or any, or most, not really any organized anything. I used to be part of like a mops group, not really part of that anymore, but it's just like there's errands to run. I have family close by. There's swimming to do in the summer. There, there's so many reasons to take us out of our home. And I personally enjoy that. Um, and so some of these tips here are going to kind of revolve around that kind of a lifestyle. So I'll say the reason I, I've chosen that for, did I choose it for my family or did it just kind of happen to us? But it's so nice to like set apart your day in different segments. I feel like if you have the children just at home working, like my morning sec section is usually if I'm home, 
if I'm home, you know, like I have a birthday party to go to my friends turning 30 tomorrow. So my, they're going to my aunt for the day. And so that day is going to look different, but I'll just speak in general terms. Um, in the morning, I'm trying to get my housework done and maybe like one special project or organizing one, you know, closet or drawer or something else. I don't know. We'll see. Depends how much energy or how, how much laundry I have or that type of thing. So I'll do that in the morning and the kids are kind of underfoot helping out. They have their morning chores and stuff too. But then if I can get done by 1130, 12 o'clock, whatever, we'll eat lunch. And our reward is to either, you know, we might go on a walk or go biking or run the errands or do those type of things over that segment of the day. Maybe we'll be swimming, something like that. So putting that in context, that would be my one, one tip that I think saves some sanity. And I think that works good for busy moms who have a lot of errands to run and things like that. And it also works for those moms that feel like the days are so long and like, what can we do to occupy our children and breaking your day up by getting out of the house, whether it's first thing in the morning or, you know, maybe weather depending, you would pick a different time of day, just get breaking that up and getting outdoors. So that's my one tip that I really like, but it's not necessarily time home management. It's just kind of a framework. And now the next tips that I share will make more sense now that you understand that. So my, one of my favorite, did you call them homemaking routines or yeah, home management systems, home homemaking systems. routines that works. Um, is in the morning, that looks the same every day pretty much. I get up, I'm up before the children or whatever, but I get them up at 8.30, which some people are like blown away. How do they sleep in that late? I would love to make a video or a podcast on how I get my children to sleep so much because they are good sleepers, but like we're also busy when we're awake. So that's a whole nother topic for another time. I don't want to get too long-winded, but I get them up at 8.30 and they get dressed. This is the five and the four-year-old, you know, and they are supposed to collect all their dirty laundry. And because I feel like in the evenings, I'm so done <laughs> or like, I'm not necessarily at the top of my game. And so like, they'll be taking their clothes off, putting their nightie on, everything's just hitting the floor, you know? So in the morning, we collect all the dirty laundry from all the rooms. They get their water bottles. They go downstairs and fill those up or any sippy cups or anything that collected upstairs throughout the day. We throw in the wash basket. So everything's in the wash basket, the dirty laundry, all that stuff. And we just tidy up the whole upstairs, do like a sweep, not a sweep, like a, we sweep through the rooms to make sure everything is picked up. I don't, not necessarily vacuuming or anything. And then, um, yeah, I take that all downstairs. I bring it over to our laundry and I'll be like sorting out the laundry and the kids will be there. Okay. Take this book over here. You know, here's the cup. They know what to do. And they're just like running back and forth and everything's put away in like 45 seconds. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a, I should come up with like a catchy name for that, I guess, but no, it's just something we do every morning and it works really well. You just know how things, I have a two-story home, I guess. So things just happen to get in the wrong places a lot. So if we do that all at once, we shouldn't have to go upstairs at all until, you know, nap time. <laughs> that is great. Yeah. So you're just starting off with this fresh, clean slate. I totally relate with you as far as like, I don't want to be on top of the kids in the evening when we're wrapping things up. It's like, you know what? Just get in your bed and go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Time to be done. It's not like I have all this patience to teach you these great skills and all those things. It's better done in the morning. And they're so fresh in the morning. You're avoiding meltdowns and stuff like that. But yeah, it's like, okay. And then you're able to keep your hole upstairs fresh and and clean. And, picked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is huge. It's little sweeps like that, little routines like that. I feel like that make all the difference between having a messy house that's a pile and not. And it doesn't sound that life-changing, but it is. 
It's like, it's the little things that make a huge difference. And I love too, what you were saying about dividing your day up into certain chunks makes your day go so much faster. Like you said, it also makes you more productive because you're able to focus on one thing at a time. And then it breaks the day up for the kids too. So stuff stays fresh and they aren't arguing or bickering or just like making messes because they're outside during this part of the day or you're going on errands. I feel like because I don't have the car, we don't really do errands, but we do get on our bikes and you know, we're out at a park for two hours or, you know, yes, like we're gone. It's amazing. I think you have such tenacity in that department. I don't last super long at parks, <laughs> um, but yeah, if I would read or something, maybe I have a, my one, they're pretty self-sufficient. Like if I take them to the playground, they can pretty much play by themselves, but I don't know. I guess I just like to be moving and active. So I'm usually chasing them around or pushing them on the swing or something. But. And you still have a one-year-old, which is different. I feel like by the time they hit like two and a half, which is where Lawrence is or two. Okay. I mean, he's, he's pretty big at that point. So That's it, true. a yeah. one-year-old does take a lot more, like they want you to engage with them, watch Hands them go down the slide. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So keep going though. I think that was, did I give you two of them yet? Um, yes. So I talked about our wash basket system in the mornings and I talked about going away every day. That was actually one of the points that I wanted to make sure I brought up. Like that's just kind of how we shape our day a little bit. It's not a schedule, but it's a routine. I actually have a planner that I designed. I think it might still be in stock, but I actually have it designed in three time blocks, which is like the morning work period time and then my side hustle time in the middle and then my evening time, you know, that type of thing. So that's just how my brain frameworks my day, like we were talking about. And then I was trying to think of something that I might not have shared too specifically on lately or, you know, something a little different. And I thought of the water bottle system, which I'm sure a lot of you moms do, but if you don't, like, it is so life-changing. It's not how I was raised. We just grabbed a cup every time we wanted to drink and there was tons of them on the counter. Um, but just grab, all Ivani left hers here. She just brought it down from her nap. Um, but grab water bottles for each of your kids and their morning routine that they're supposed to do is get up, get dressed, brush their teeth, fill their water bottle for the day. And then they water some plants this time of year. They have water plants that they need to water and, you know, stuff like that. But getting that done for the day is so wonderful. And then, you know, we're ready to go away, you know, in our afternoon or mid morning afternoon time. And they grab their water bottles. They take those along. We, they know how to refill them. We do have a fridge that has like a easy access ice and all that. So yeah, we love our ice water around here. But yeah, it's a super awesome system and I it really, really cuts down on stuff. Um, I like the Simple Modern brand on Amazon. They have so many different colors and the kids get to, you know, pick and they feel like they're important because they got to pick it. I think these are 12 ounces maybe, not quite 16. I'm not sure, but that's a nice size for the kids and it goes, at, you know, mostly halfway through the day. And I'm a big proponent of water drinking and I'm especially like when you think of all the sicknesses that go around in the winter and stuff, flushing things out with water is always a good thing. Um, and then maybe you have a child you're trying to potty train, get those fluids in. I don't know. Like the water bottle system is just golden. I do it for myself. You know, we go away and yeah, we all have our water bottles. And if that feels like a lot, maybe I only have three children. Some of you, I don't know what you're going to learn from me. Those of you that have five, six, seven, eight children, I should learn from you. <laughs> but if you have that many kids, maybe you just want to have more of a communal, like larger thermos type one or something when you go away. But yeah, I love the water bottle system. 
That is so good. I wrote it down on it's the back of my paper. And doesn't apply to everyone, but it, it's it's golden. No, but it should because the more kids you have, the more you end up with those 20 cups on the counter. It's annoying. And then when you do need a cup, there's never one in the cupboard. And I love it. Like, I'm totally going to do this. I do this for myself. I carry around a water bottle and I drink it all the time. And then what ends up happening is I just end up giving it to all my kids and that drives me nuts because I try to track my water intake. So <laughs> I yes. really, really love this. And I will say the goal is, or the, the best tip I would say is get everybody one and they're all their own color. And then when it gets lost, you find it again. Cause that's your only option, you know, like that's your water bottle. If you just have like a bunch, like with sippy cups, when I was in the sippy cup era, I just had, you know, 20 different sippy cups and they'd fly around and you'd find, you know, spoiled milk sippy cups in the car and stuff like that and so i've learned like with the water bottle system they're expensive enough they're heavy duty enough like we lose it we find it before we can go about the rest of our day or you know good they take it they take them to bed with them in the evening too but it's just water so it's not exciting they don't just sit there and drink it and drink it it's not been a problem so far i don't really have bedwetters but yeah no that is key that's what separates it from just that's what makes it a system it's because there's just one of them. Like you said, if you just have a cupboard full of sippy cups, you have the same issue as if you have a cupboard full of glass cups or whatever. And and, and sippy cup cupboards are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm finally exiting that stage a little bit. I'm like, I'm going to get rid of all of these. Miller is big enough for his own water bottle. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst in that I just don't have them. And then like every time our babysitter will come over or something, she'll be like, oh, a cup broke. And I'm like, don't feel bad about it. That's just what we do. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd rather deal with a broken, you know, mason jar cup than deal with all the sippy cups because I just, they drive me nuts. Um, that is really good. And that's the thing. It doesn't matter like how many kids you have it. Cause I mean, there's families with 10 kids that are, that don't have much figured out. They're just living life by the skin of their teeth. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And then you, you come to someone who has three kids that has thought through something and you're like, wow, I think it just applies. It could take off more stress to a family that has a lot of kids to hear one good idea because <laughs> immediately you apply it and, oh, and it makes life you get so that spark. easy. It's like you have the two edges short sword. You feel so dumb on the one side, like, why didn't I do this sooner? And the other side, it's like a whole world has opened up and a new thing. So I love once in a great while, you get a golden tip that works for you specifically, and it's wonderful. So, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that one. I think that's fantastic. Okay. Do you have to let anything drop to keep up with the most important things? Yes. <laughs> yes, so much. Um, and some things I feel great about, some things I have feel a little bit of mom guilt about, but for the most part, it's just like there's different seasons and we can always reevaluate. So like some of those things, just thinking of this summer, you know, I'm not doing a lot of canning. I want to do something just so I know that I still know how to can, but I don't do a lot of canning right now or preserving, except I'll do some random things in the freezer. I don't have a garden at all this year. Um, I do have herbs and one pepper plant, one tomato plant, but they're all in pots. So no garden this year. Um, Josh is all on board for that. He doesn't think that should ever change. He's like, we live in the land of produce stands. Why would you not just go support the local farmer? It's way more efficient that way. But I think at some point when my children need more, you know, work and outdoor things to do, activities and things like that, I definitely want to teach them to work. We only have two acres, so we'll have to get a little creative. And I think a garden might be in the future, but it's not going to be my on my plate as much, at least 
if I'm continuing to have a side hustle and all of that. Oh man. I mean, I have my sister who comes and helps me clean. Um, she's only here for about two hours and she also watches the children, makes them breakfast and stuff too. So the amount of cleaning she does isn't a ton, but it's so, it's so wonderful. Like just, she helps me get on top of things again. And I just love that. So, I mean, I feel a little bit of mom guilt sometimes. Like I have somebody cleaning my house while I'm sitting here editing on my computer or whatever, but I remind myself it's the big picture. It's the big picture. It's not just like what's happening in these 10 minutes here. And like the kids love it too. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I'm not sewing as much as I would like to. I, I would have so many crafts and hobbies and things that I would have my fingers in if I didn't have a side hustle, but I would definitely be bouncing around a lot. I think like definitely having like a singular goal and vision is makes me more productive and makes more happen in the long run, I think. So yes, of course there's things that to answer the question. Yes, absolutely. And it's not like, I don't have to feel bad because it might not be like that forever, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do think there's an element of delegation and motherhood that is so helpful and so needed and you can just get a lot more done. It's not like we have to have our fingers in every single thing that goes on with managing our homes, especially if, you know, you're doing something outside of that. And it's like, I don't know. I always come back to like the Proverbs 31 woman and it says like she gives a portion to her maidens. And I'm like, she was, she was delegating stuff out to someone, you know, it wasn't like she was the, the one gal that did everything, you know? And I never um, thought of that. Um, I guess something else that I sometimes can feel guilty about is, well, if I don't teach my daughter who will, you know? And so, um, I think, I do a little bit of canning and a little bit of sewing and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I'm like, if she ever really latches on to one thing, um, I'll definitely pour into that a little bit more and try to make that something we can do together or cause you know, there's nothing better than a hobby that's also productive too. So if there ever comes a time where there's something like that, we'll definitely have to jump on board. Um, something else I don't do right now. And I definitely feel guilty about it sometimes is I don't do any scrapbooking for my kids at the moment. I make them a little book, like once they're six months old or something with all their baby pictures, and I just have tons and tons of pictures in my Google Drive and I don't know, but then Josh is always like, well, think of all the videos they can watch of themselves. And like, I have no videos of myself as a child. So I, you give and you take, I guess. Oh my goodness, Megan. That is the least of your worries. <laughs> I'm like, if that's the most of your worries, I guess don't worry about it. Scrapbooking. I'm impressed that you have a six month old book of baby pictures. Like I am the worst in this digital age. It's so hard to actually, like we take all these pictures, right? And then it's hard to actually, yeah, exactly. They're just like gone. Or I had so many photos on my old iPhone and when I switched it over, I didn't back it up or whatever. And so they're just like gone. You know, I documented Aww, our yeah. first two kids years of life and I have like a few pictures of them. So anyways, I guess I'm convicted too. I'm like, well, I should get some things in hardcover, you know, like physical yeah. copies because it just goes out the window, but they do love watching old vlogs. I think they love that way more than looking at pictures yeah. of themselves. So yes. now I just need to worry about like the last couple that we have because there's like no documentation of them. <laughs> it gets worse. It, does. it really does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. I love that. I love that you have so many hobbies and so many things interest you. And that's the thing is your daughter's going to pick up on that and she'll just be able to learn a ton of things. I feel like with that curious mindset, regardless of whether you are hands-on teaching her how to do the actual skill or not. 
You know? So if you're a mom out there that's not like the garden mom or the seamstress or you know whatever you're just like a jill of all trades or whatever it's fine too like we can't yeah. all be like the expert on just one thing and i think that used to bother me but it's okay who are we trying to impress you know we're trying to mother our families and you know that's what really matters yeah and exposing them to a ton of things like what a gift that is and then they can be like oh this is really my interest and take it a certain way I don't know. I think there's a lot of... True. I didn't really think of that. But yeah, you're right. Benefit of that too. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about hosting in the beginning or we touched on it, but we didn't really go into it. How do you find time for friends, socializing, hospitality, all that stuff? Well, we're very blessed to live in close proximity to many friends, all of our family currently. Um, I think the furthest away a family member would live is about an hour's drive. So there's definitely a lot of reasons to stay connected because it's it's easy right it should happen um and you ask how i find time for it yeah i guess yeah. if other people are finding time, it's a culture thing too maybe you know if somebody had you over you know at some point you should reciprocate and um i think when we were younger we did a lot more things together outside of our homes because there wasn't a herd of children with us you know we'd go to I'm just trying to even think here, you know, go to the barnstormers softball game, local softball game, or, you know, go out and spend money, do things. And it's become a little more low key over the years, just with so many children. And I think I'm also at the bubble, the point of time where it's like, oh, I can't have all seven of my youth group friends over at once. That's 14 adults and like 30 children. It's just too much. And it's taken me a while to realize that last summer, I feel like I had lots of big groups over, which is great because you hit a lot of birds with one stone. And I love being invited to big things like that because there's so much people you can talk with and friends of friends and acquaintances and stuff like that. I really enjoy being invited to those, but it's not always sometimes really scary and overwhelming to actually host an event like that. So I think this summer I'm trying to pull away from that a little bit more and just, you know, maybe have two families over or something like that. And I did mention families, so that makes it a lot easier to socialize when your whole family is friends. You know, the children are friends, the husband, the wife, you know, we can all socialize together. It's not like I'm home with the children and Josh is golfing or I mean, he does that too. And I'll have my girls like tomorrow we have a ladies day. So I think that helps to get more socializing in as well when it's a whole family activity. I'm a big believer that friendship should add to your family life, not take away. So Everybody has to find that balance, obviously. But um, as far as I'm trying to think of any like practical tips to make hosting easier, definitely just having some go-to recipes that you're confident with and you know are crowd pleasers. That's great. I would love to be um, one of those women that's like famous for something specific. Like I guess among my family, they all know my they love my apple pie and I don't know. There's random stuff. I make these like sour pickles. Like sometimes people ask me to bring, but I'm not like the. I don't know, the star chef or anything where I have this one, you know, definitely bring your sourdough or bring your eclair or whatever it is. I'm not, I don't really have any dishes like that, but even just having some go-tos that you can make a big batch of it. Um, Hope's Tables Mac and Cheese is something I make a lot. It's just pop it in the oven for two and a half hours, I think it is. Um, that's a recipe. A Mennonite lady actually wrote that book. It's on Amazon. You can find it. It's called Hope's Table. She has a lot of easy recipes. Um, I usually most of our recipes are centered around, I mean, sorry, most of our menus when we have people over are centered around the grill. That way Josh can do that. 
I'm not a huge crock pot girl. Oh man. I, my mom bought me a crock pot recipe book and I was like, I'm going to cook through this thing. And we just don't, we don't eat, we like our meat and our veggies and like separate them. And yeah, anyway. And also, so I feel like there's another, I'm just riffing off here just as I think of things, but um, there's sometimes a tendency to think you have to have a lot of different dishes and courses. And that's maybe a Mennonite thing too. I don't know. I just know the traditional men like cooking would have had several different sour things and salads and the meat and maybe two meats and a couple different starches. You know, these are farming communities. They need their calories and their carbs. Um, and so I think sometimes we think we have to go do that and then go above and beyond even because we're having people over. And it is fun to have variety. And I actually enjoy like cooking extra special when I have guests coming and my husband gets excited. He's like, now why don't you make this just for us? I'm like, yes. I need to do that, not to save it for, you know, the special people coming over because my family is special. But oh, where was I going with that? Oh, yes. Don't feel like you have to make every dish yourself. Like you can go out and buy butterhorn rolls um, at the bakery or something like that just to add to it. You don't have to. Um, I love to bake, but there's been times where I just really don't have the time and I will just get ice cream and you know, pick up some cookies somewhere or something like that. So you can still have delicious food and not be making it all yourself. Um, because, oh, also another thing with that is if you do have a lot of dishes and you're trying to get them done all at the same time, that is so intimidating for anyone, let alone having like guests breathing down your throat or coming at a certain time, you know, having several dishes done at the same time. So I try to stay off of my stovetop as much as possible in those last minutes, like most things were prepared ahead of time. We use the crock pot to heat up, you know, the baked beans or a sauce or something like that. We'll have potato wedges in the oven, the grill's going, but I don't have like lots of kettles. Like I think about those times we'd get invited over for Sunday lunch as a kid and the Mennonite cook is there at the kitchen. You know, traditional cooking would be, you know, meat, potatoes, green beans, all that. And just getting it all done. Gravy, you know, everything's going at once and you're salting this and doing that. And you can do that. That's great. That's a skill, but you don't have to. Like, it's not the best beginner route, if you know what I mean. I love how your bar, like your standard is set so high for everything. <laughs> like, I'm not a gardener. I just have like a pepper plant and a tomato plant and an herb garden. Or like, I'm not a baker. I just bake X, Y, and Z. It's like, what on earth, Megan? <laughs> like, wow. that qualifies you. You can unlock something there. Like I see a lot of my friends who don't like my peers have the same amount of children and everything who don't have the side hustle going on. And I see all the things they're doing. And I think sometimes I can feel like intimidated. And so, yeah, that's true. You just unlock something there. I'm comparing myself to my peers in my yes. area and yeah, it's okay. I can, <laughs> we chose a different lifestyle. It's fine. Yeah. You guys are all very industrious um, compared to the average American. <laughs> I should preface too. I don't know. I'm sure a lot of your viewers are stay-at-home moms, but in the Mennonite culture and in our area, like almost everyone is a stay-at-home mom, maybe does a side hustle work from home. And I think a lot of us would have continued working maybe after having one child, you know, work one day a week. If you have your nursing degree, you go, you know, do nursing one weekend a month or something, that kind of thing. But yeah, as far as like, I don't understand that whole culture of going off to work every day and, you know, and coming home. So that's, I can only know what I can only speak from my own experience, I guess. So yeah, if I'm kind of not making sense. 
that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah. But I do think, I do think a lot of stay at home moms, um, struggle finding time just as much as working moms to, I say just as much because I think a lot of it's a mental battle that you play when you're a stay at home mom, you know? And so you have to, sometimes it can be really hard to fill those hours or you could be struggling with all kinds of things, <laughs> yeah, you know, just you, in your home all the time. You're not just the laborer and the employee. You're also the boss and the manager. And, you know, you have to kick yourself in the butt and say, let's yeah. get going, girl. You know, exactly. You have to have a lot of your own get up and go as yeah. a stay at home mom to get stuff done. And sometimes it's a struggle to find that um, or get. Yeah, especially if you momentum. don't have any hard deadlines, which is how I'm able to get my work side of things done because I have a schedule and. I have expectations I need to meet. And so it's just going to have to happen one way or another for the most part. <laughs> yeah. And like, I find that a lot of the things like, okay, deep cleaning my toilets or stuff like that, I have to kind of put a deadline of, well, one, like getting ready for our Sabbath dinner or whatever, or having people over for dinner. And it's like, oh, I know I will deep clean my house when we're having someone over for dinner, you know? So like kind of creating my own force deadlines in order to get tasks done that I just like will put off for a long time if it's just my family, which like you said, my family are special people, but for some reason, you know, they don't give me a hard time about the toilets. So I'm not that embarrassed. Also something I'd like to graduate myself on to the next level of hosting. I basically the first level I think should be like invite friends and family and people who are forgiving, they'll jump in, they'll pitch in, help you out, you know, just to get your feet wet and figure it out. But I feel like I'm kind of stuck in that level and I need to start looking out and hosp hospitality is not just reciprocating friendship with friends. You know, I want to be able to invite more random people or people from my church that I don't know well, maybe people that I don't necessarily feel like I would click with or like we have a lot in common and just I think it's really hard to be hosting, doing cooking and things like that. And then also trying to facilitate a conversation and all of that stuff. And that's tough. So I wouldn't encourage anybody if you've never hosted before, maybe do something you're a little more comfortable with because you want to have a good experience so that you want to do it again, you know, but then for those of us that are maybe going from beginner to moderate, I, I need to step into that moderate realm. I feel that conviction sometimes I need to hospitality, you know, can, has a broad, broad range. <laughs> and I need to step out of my little bubble sometimes. It does. I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And it's about this, this gal is just like, she invites everybody over, you know, all the like strays. And it's so convicting to me right now because yeah, I have been in that beginner season of friendship, hospitality. It's like, okay, I need to have our neighbors over that like, I do not know, I do not connect with, or like you said, like be able to go into church or something like that and find someone who's new there or a stranger and just invite them over. Um, that is a whole new level. And, yeah. but I do but think it could be an awesome ministry to open your home. Yeah. And not everyone is necessarily called to that either. And also there's seasons. Like if you just had a baby like a month or two ago, good grief, like calm down. You'll have time for that again. You know, um, I feel like this summer has been especially busy for us with some traveling and we're redoing our patio out back and stuff. And it's starting to bother me. Like we really haven't had people over in the last little bit and I'm just so excited to do it again. Um, but I'm not feeling guilty about it because I know I will make up for it. I'll be making up for lost time. It's not, 
it was just a season we were in, you know, we were trying to get the grass to grow before we had people come out. Maybe that was just an excuse. I don't know. But you know, it ebbs and flows and don't put that guilt on yourself. And also, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm a Mennonite mom and I'm saying this, but you don't have to have food. You don't have to. I mean, I encourage it, at least like a special drink or, you know, pull out pretzels and cheese or something, you know. Um, but if the food is really what's getting you, you know, invite people over around 7, 7.30 and have brownies and ice cream or something, you know, it does, the food does not have to be the main attraction. I can't believe I'm saying that. That goes against my religion. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not in the Bible anywhere, but um, I do think there is something that happens when you're breaking bread together and having a meal together and it's an activity. I really enjoy that for myself. I, I want to have food. I enjoy it. I look forward to like, oh, let's just do something simple. Let's do a little charcuterie board. And then I like make it extra because it's just fun. You know, that's my style. But yeah, don't, you know what? One time I had a play date. I invited my friends over and I got bagels from Panera Bread and they're different whipped spreads and stuff. And I went, it was on a Tuesday. I planned it on a Tuesday because I knew their bagels are, is it half price? for a, a baker's dozen. And anyway, I went out and picked those up in the morning and that's what we had for a snack. And I think I had some fruit and things like that. Um, sometimes for play dates, you know, people do serve a full meal or something, but I just thought that was so easy and fun. I'm like, I'm going to do that again sometime, but I haven't since, but it was a genius idea. And I need to think of more twists on that idea. That is a great idea. I love that idea. Um, yeah. And like you said, I mean, brownies and ice cream, that's great. People, so many people don't get invited over to people's houses. And that's something that I'm becoming more and more aware of too. It's like, it's not like everybody, like I have my friends over and then you have your friends over and everyone has their little pocket of friends, you know, like it sounds like you live in a really social community and we've been really blessed with a great community. Um, but that's not everyone's experience. And so... Like, I love how you pointed out the seasons. You know, you keep coming back to seasons. And I think that that's something that as mothers, we really have to lean into. It's just like, yeah. this is a season, this is a season. Even if God puts something on your heart, it could be for a different season. You know, maybe yes. you start feeling that urge and you start developing skill sets towards that. <clears throat> Excuse me. But you aren't ready to enact that until a different season of life. Um so anyways, I think it took me I love to that. like my third baby to see like the ebbs and flows of seasons and like, oh yeah, it's such a short time after like I won't feel so awful that long. It's it's just a short time um after the baby's born. I'll be ready to have people over again soon. Or um then the school year starts. Yes, it's gonna be a couple weeks where I'm not gonna have a lot of extra capacity, but then you know, it changes and it comes and it goes, and there's certain times of the year that work better for certain types of, you know, gatherings and social stuff. Um yeah. So it, it, you start to see a little more of, and I've, I've done homemaking now for 10 years. And so I've seen the seasons come and go. And it's like kind of a pattern, like, you know, they come and go. <laughs> yes. And with the first baby, I think that's partially what makes it so stressful is you're still trying to be the exact same person. Cause you're like, I can't, I can't let go or loosen up because I want to still be doing these things in five years instead of realizing like, oh, this is just a really short time. And you'll then be yourself you'll again be back. soon. Yeah. yeah. You'll be back. <laughs> you'll be back. Okay. Last question. Um, sorry. <clears throat> wow. I'm just, my voice is over, <laughs> over it. Okay. How do you remain motivated when you are overwhelmed? Well, I am naturally 
motivated. I feel maybe that's coming from the oldest, but I feel like we can all drum up some motivation if we need to. Um, I do feel overwhelmed sometimes. A lot of times maybe um, if I am not, it's always when I didn't prioritize correctly or I got excited about something and bit off more than I could chew. Um, and there is nothing worse than feeling like you're drowning. And that's kind of how I feel when I'm like, that's when I know I'm overwhelmed. When I just feel like, oh my word, I can't, I can't. I just, I, I can't, like, I can't even think. <laughs> it's not gonna all happen. I'm gonna have to say no to something. And I think going back and breaking up a commitment, like I said, I'd be here or I do that. And, you know, saying, the other week we got back from a trip and I just had so much on my plate. I had to say no to something that I really wanted to do. And I felt really bad about saying no, but I just had to. Um, and it, it hurts to do that. And you feel like a flake. You feel like you didn't show up. And I think it's good to maybe don't wallow in it, but sit with that pain a little bit and learn from that. And remember, oh, you hate how this feels to say you're going to be there and then you're not. Say you're going to do this and then you're two weeks late on it or whatever. Um, cause I think with time, I'm slowly getting better. I sometimes will, I take a rest day on Sundays. I don't do work. And so sometimes on Sundays I'll have all that motivation. I'm so excited for a new week. I'll like plan out my schedule. There's a gap here. There's, a, I could fit something in here and I will fill up everything literally on Sunday. I just decided I'm going to can peaches on Thursday because I need to can something and I haven't canned anything yet. And it's peach season. I'm just going to do a small batch, you know, it'll be fine. And I got up on Monday and I'm thinking to myself this, no, I, maybe if it happens, great, but let's just push it off till the next week. You know, sometimes I'll be too ambitious, I guess is what I'm saying. But yeah, having to say no to things that you've already committed to should happen very rarely and less and less, I feel like over time and it is painful. And I think it should be because, you know, we committed to something and now we're not going to be able to do it. But it's also, it feels so good to take something off your plate that you know is not as important as the things you are saying yes to. Um, it does not feel good saying no to your family and dumping your children off at a babysitter again so you can get that thing done that you said you would do and you're just doing everything half well. It's That's an awful feeling too. So I hopefully you don't have to say no and back out too much, but at the same time, you got to know your place. You got to know when you've overreached and overstepped and feel that pain and then try not to do it too frequently and try not to do it again anytime soon. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is like a very dramatic example, but I picture it like it's better to say no up front, right? That's more ideal. It's just, just like be able to say no to the opportunity before. But if you have to say no to the opportunity after you've already committed, it's still better than following through with it. Sometimes I picture like it's it's better to like break up when you're still dating, but it's still better to break up when you're engaged <laughs> than like get married to the wrong person, you know? Like it's yeah. always still better to say no to something that's not right, um, even though it's more painful down the road. But like you said, when you when you sit with it, you'll be more motivated to say no up front. I have a trouble with overcommitting too. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, I want to do it all. Like, it's so wonderful. And like, you get an opportunity that's like, I'll never, maybe never get this again. I got to say yes. And yeah, that's when it's better to pray about it a little bit first. And, and then you, you get the text and you pray about it and then you forget about the text and then you never respond. And then you're like, oh dear, I'm the, I didn't respond and I left you, you know, sitting there on the phone. So yeah, we're all learning. It's a learning process. I would not claim to be an expert. <laughs> Uh, but I do think that's very good advice. Just like, you know what? 
sometimes you just got to say no, even when it hurts, um, to be able to prioritize the right things. Megan, thank you so much for being on here today. I really appreciate you using your hours of your special time here when you get work done to jump on the podcast with me. It means so much. Can you tell people real quick where they could find you? I know you like mentioned you have a planner. Where can they find that? Where can they find all your things? Yes. Okay. So Megan Fox Unlocked is my YouTube channel and I post on there every Thursday, a homemaking video or just lifestyle Sometimes it's chit chats. Most of the time it's like a day in the life type of vlog, week in my life. I like to do modest fashion and things like that. And then I also on Mondays post um, every other Monday, me and my cousin put up a Honey, I'm Homemaker episode, which is a podcast format. You can watch the video or you can just listen to it while you're working. And then my website is meganfoxunlock.com. And on there I have a small, I guess we can call it boutique, but everything on there is handmade by local mostly Mennonite moms. I actually have one lady from Oklahoma, um, but most of them are right, very local. I will actually drive around and pick up their goods and stuff. Sometimes I work with them to design things. So they're, they all have a specific feel. If you like my taste, you'll probably like everything on there. And if you don't, then you'll probably just want to skip and pass on. But yeah, we have a lot of fun like gift items. I have designed a planner that works. I think I called it the block it off planner. And it's, I've sold so many of them and they're super guilt-free because they're not expensive and they're not dated. So you can pick it up and whenever you need to and use it. So yeah, that's all on meganfoxunlock.com. And I love shining a light on all those hand homemaking handy moms on there. Um, they're doing a great job. So I'm also on um, Instagram as well, meganfoxunlocked. Awesome. So I will link all of that down below. So it's real easy for people to click and find you. Uh, but thank you again so much for jumping on here today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yes. It was so fun. I've learned a lot about motherhood and myself and thank you. I feel like I'm better because of this conversation. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm going to go buy water bottles for all my kids. So okay, do that. <laughs>